everyone and welcome back to Tiny Green Chats. I'm your host, Kate DeLeon, and unfortunately my co-host, Jazz Jackson, could not be here with us today, but I am joined by two very special guests from Surfriders DC, Carlos Izureta and Calista Pepper. So if you two want to tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do. Sure, yeah. So about myself and what I do. <laughs> my name is Calista Pepper. I am formerly of the Surfrider George Washington University Club. I That's how I first got introduced to Surfrider, really, was through starting that club my freshman year, 2018. Um, and I love Surfrider with all my heart, and it has led me to so many different places and so many different sects of Surfrider. The D.C. chapter, the Outer Banks chapter, the Youth Leadership Council. Um, so I don't know. What do I do? I'm a student. I do Surfrider things sometimes, and... Yeah. Okay, Carlos. <laughs> Allie, Kalista, thank you for that. And Kate, thanks for having us. First of all, it's really cool that you guys are starting this uh, series. Um, so I look forward to listening to other chats as well. Um, so I am with Surfrider DC. I am the vice chair. Um, I don't know what that really means, but you know, we, we try to do a lot of uh, environmental and advocacy work in the DC area, a DMV area, um, because we're probably the closest. I think the next chapter might be in Ocean City, which is a few hours, Maryland, which is a few hours away. So um, yeah, so that's how I'm involved. And I actually met Callie when she was at, when she started the chapter at um, GW, which I get a club, sorry. When she started the Surfrider GW Club, uh, and we actually were able to combine forces and have meetings with uh, the students as well as, you know, just community members and volunteers that were part of Surfrider DC. So I think it really like strengthened both uh, club and chapter. Amazing. Would you be able to elaborate more on Surfriders and what your mission statement is and what environmental issues you're trying to combat? Kelly, you want to? I have the mission statement memorized verbatim. It's my favorite thing to spell out. So Surfrider is dedicated to the protection and enjoyment of our world's ocean waves and beaches through a powerful activist network. And what that means is that Surfrider is a grassroots organization. The people are Surfrider. And how I like to think about it, because I am not the most scientifically minded or mathematically minded or anything minded really um is that it's a bunch of everyday people who don't necessarily know everything about the environment or everything about how to be better and live better and do better um but it's people who want to do those things and so Surfrider is a chance it's a platform for all of these people who care and who want to be more to get together and talk about that and kind of learn more about the basics and then from there the science behind it and then yeah, that's what Surfrider's been to me. Um, that's its mission statement. So, Carlos, you can probably take it away from there. Yeah, so just to kind of elaborate on what Callie was saying, it's basically run by, you know, kind of every, your neighbor, like just kind of regular person that is not necessarily like uh, a marine biologist or like any sort of work, does not necessarily work in the field. Those, some people do work in uh, environmental orgs, but not necessarily connected to the ocean. Um, but yeah, and I think it provides an opportunity for just anyone who wants to learn, who wants to be part of it. I mean, there's so many ways to get involved um, anywhere from, you know, we do like uh, monthly cleanups um, where we go to waterways. Since 
you know, the beach is kind of far from us. Um, so north, the closest beach is almost three hours. And then south, I think the other one is like four and a half, which might be, or four hours, which is Virginia Beach. Um, so we do have access to waterways like the Anacostia River, the Potomac River. Um, and, you know, there's definitely, you know, we tr that's how we get involved in, um, in terms of since we're not actually that close to a beach where, you know, it would take us a while to get to the closest one to do a cleanup, uh, stuff like that. Cal, you wanted to chime in? Yeah, another thing too is that Surfrider does have quite a few very specific programs like our Ocean Friendly Restaurants program, which is a way to involve local restaurants, whether, be, whether they be by the waterways or not, just in more sustainable practices. And they have a specific set of criterion that restaurants have to eat and they get to advertise that they're ocean friendly. And then we have other programs as well, like our Blue Water Task Force, which is a way for communities that are by waterways, whatever they are, oceans, lakes, rivers, whatever, um, for them to kind of test the water quality of surrounding bodies of water, especially since that isn't something that's kind of <laughs> done by the government, local governments ever. It's really nice that Surfrider has that program. It's kind of scary that governments don't do that, but even still, it's nice that Surfrider has that. And then just other things that they do as well. Like we do a Hill Day we have coming up this Thursday, which is when Surfriders get to get together from all over the country and lobby on the Hill. We're doing it virtually this year, but it's a good opportunity to kind of talk about what we do and why that matters. And local beach cleanups or just solo cleanups getting out there and collecting data of all the trash that you pick up so we can give it back to our legislators and show them, hey, this is what we're finding. This is why it matters that we do something about this, you know, like, because you can pick up trash all day long and it's great that you're picking it up, but also you have to do something with that information. People have to know that that's what you're doing. So then we take that back and then we also support legislation like the Break Free from Plastic Pollution Act and just I could talk probably for hours just about everything that Surfrider does, but those are a few examples. <laughs> Yeah, everything that Callie said is is great. Um, we also, um, I feel like there's there's just so many things like the break free plastic from plastic that Callie was talking about. Um, we helped with the styrofoam uh, ban in D.C. and then I think there was also a plastic bag uh, law that we also like helped with. So over the years, we we necessarily haven't been there when it was done, but Surfrider has been a part of it and has been working with local orgs like Anacostia River Keepers um, and just a, just a bunch of different ones in the area, just trying to get like, if we see a mission that aligns with us, we, you know, we try to get involved uh, promoting it. Um, recently we had a, we did a tabling event at a farmer's market in Mount Pleasant and it was for the Kenilworth Aquatic Gardens. Um, and that is, they're getting their, they want to get testimony from folks um, just basically asking what they want done with this property, which are these aquatic gardens. And I know there's a proposal to turn that, some of them into soccer fields, which would mean taking away some of these aquatic gardens that people actually can go to and like, you know, spend time at it. It's just like a one of a kind thing that we have in DC. Um, yeah. So I don't know, Kelly, if you want to follow up on that. Yeah, so basically Surfrider just does a lot and we interact with other orgs to get it all done. And like I said, it's grassroots. So it's the people and the people aren't just involved in Surfrider, they're involved in other orgs like Carlos is and that's what Surfrider is, just a million things all at once. <laughs>
and just another point, I was just thinking about this. Um, so I grew up in DC and see charity on the shows and they would hear about things in the community that needed help, but sometimes maybe they would just kind of leave it at the show. So they would kind of leave it, you know, they would, they would hear the message at the show, like, Hey, like this is a benefit show for certain work. Um, and I feel that way about like sometimes with outdoor water sports, like some people just kind of want to enjoy the water, but they don't really think about like, Hey, we need to protect this place because we need it to be here for like generations. You know, we need to make sure like we're cleaning up the trash. We make sure that there's no like offshore drilling going on when people are trying to go out surfing or even just swimming, you know, the oil spills. There's so many things that the ocean and rivers, uh, they need protection. Um, and through legislation, as Callie was saying, um, and laws, it's, it's super important, but you know, I kind of liken it to that, like people that are into surfing or like, you know, stand up paddle boarding, like maybe, maybe they're like seeing, Hey, how can I protect the thing that I love? And I think that's how people get involved in surf rider. Um, so. Great. Yeah. It sounds like surf riders is filled with very passionate individuals like yourselves and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more to what the community is like at Surfriders and what it feels like to be part of this vibrant, passionate community. Yeah. Callie, do you want to take it and then I'll chime in? Yeah. So I just kind of have one thing to say. And somebody asked me about this the other day and I had to, he was writing me a letter of recommendations. So I had to give an honest response. Um, and what I said is Surfrider has given me a home when I don't feel like I'm at home. In DC, it was really, really difficult for me to find a group of people that like I really cared about and that I felt like I had something in common with and that I felt like I could connect with in a genuine worldly way. GW didn't really help with that. DC itself, I felt like wasn't really facilitating that. But in Surfrider, I could always find those people who cared about the environment, who cared about the world and wanted to do something for it. And whenever I was with those people, I felt like I was back in nature, like I was back in the world, like I was a part of something again. And so Surfrider means that to me. And Surfrider, that's what the community is, I think, is there are people coming from every single walk of life. You will meet people <laughs> like Carlos are from D.C. and are a part of absolutely everything. And then you will meet people like me who are 20 years old and from Richmond, Virginia, you know, and like haven't really spent all too much time by the beach and then you'll meet people like my friend Chandler from Memphis Tennessee who's never lived by the ocean in her life and has seen it like a few times you know like people who just care and who want to do something and also are the most genuine people and that's what Surfrider's been to me it's just a community like I said of everyday people who want to do more and be more and who are just there for one another and in the fight against or for something together. I mean, that Callie is so well said. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I mean, we, when we have uh, reunions, it's so nice that we like can get together and talk about things that we have in common, but also I think there's this bigger purpose and we're kind of always thinking of ways that we can, you know, improve on things, whether it's like through changing recycling programs, you know, like um, a glass bottle bill, um, you know, just different things that even just like in our own neighborhoods, you know, um, a lot of us do live in DC and some live in Virginia. And we just kind of talk about like kind of the differences with, with, with recycling or like, um, 
you know, just like different waterways, Potomac, uh, the Anacostia, and just ways that we can support um, those groups that are doing stuff out there. And it's just, I don't know, it's just really fun for me to find people like, like Callie was saying, the sense of community that they, they have the same ideals um, and same goals. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to hang out with people like that for us, you know. And also to like what Carlos is saying, um, I'm a philosophy major in school. So sometimes I think I know more about things than I really do. And Surfrider has taught me I am wrong in that. <laughs> but also when you're talking, or I've found that when, when I've gotten opportunities to act with surfriders from places that aren't DC or Virginia or wherever, we get into these real conversations about what the environment is to us and what it means. And it just like the conversations I have with people can honestly sometimes be pretty strange, but like with surf rider stuff, it's always, it turns into a bigger conversation about what the world means to us always, every single time. And even just in the little things that surf riders do, you can see they put this kind of ethic of care into their way of being and into their way of living. That is just so unlike every other organization that I've ever been a part of. And again, I'm young, so I haven't been a part of that many things, but it's something so special to me <laughs> in such an incredible way. Yeah. And also just, you know, thinking about how like there was no surf rider GW until Callie um, went, started going to GW and saw that there was a need for that. And, you know, they were able to get so many people to come out to cleanups. I think you guys had them what, like twice a month sometimes. I mean, it was incredible, you know, just the amount of, there are so many people that want to get involved that do care about the environment. And sometimes you just got to, you know, start organizations, get the word out, um, you know, and luckily we were able to connect and we were able to support them in any way they needed. And they, they supported us as well, you know? Um, so I, we learned a lot from each other, you know, like, Hey, how do we engage students? Um, and maybe they like also learned, like, how can we engage like community members? Um, so I think it was, it was such a, a nice trade-off to have, um, students involved and just be part of it even now like um we had a we just went out for a hike a nature hike surf rider um and there were a bunch of gw students that came out and it was just it was it was so great to see them they're still involved you know even though people <coughs> not many folks are living on campus or off campus in dc um it's still nice to see them how, how involved you know people can still be even during covid so yeah that's all really beautiful and especially like the fact that so many people are be able to come together and like share like a passion for something and be able to do something great like what you do for the environment and be able to combat some of like the issues that we see and also congratulations Kelly that is amazing what you did bringing the chapter to GW that's a really amazing accomplishment and that kind of leads into like my next question because you guys did mention a lot of like projects that you guys are involved in and a little bit of the specific projects, but I was also interested in maybe if you could talk to like a specific project that you worked on that you're particularly like proud of or it's something that you enjoyed doing. Callie, do you wanna start? Feel free. Carlos, you can go ahead and start on that. Um, so I think for me, there, there have been a bunch of projects that I've been like helping out with. Um, but one of them that I've really been very happy to be part of is um, e-cycling, so electronics recycling. And it's something that's very needed. Um, and especially now when people are home all the time, they're kind of doing spring cleaning and a lot of electronic equipment 
is, uh, you know, you can't really throw it in the trash. You can't really recycle it. So there has to be a special recycling. And through a partnership with the DC Public Library, um, they have drop-offs um, every few months. And what we were able to do at, at our farmer's market was we were able to collect um, electronics up to two weeks before when the pickup was. And we were able to, to you know, just get a ton of, I mean, it was overwhelming. I mean, we had to store stuff at people's apartments. I think there were some TVs at my house. Um, it was a little bit of, we didn't realize that there was such a huge need for e-cycling, um, you know, anywhere from batteries, iPhones, iPads, laptops, you know, obviously televisions and printers. Um, and so I think for me that that was such a, first of all, such a fun project to be part of. And secondly, just seeing that there is such a need and actually that people aren't just throwing stuff in the trash. They're actually thinking about it like, hey, this is not good for the environment. We cannot just throw this stuff in the garbage. Um, so I think that people were holding on to stuff. And then, you know, when there was an opportunity to do this. And so hopefully we can start it again. And I think we're working on another, like just recycling things that they don't normally take. And I'm blanking on the name, um, but there is an organization that will send you a box. You fill it and then ship it to them. Callie, do you remember the name of was that TerraCycle? TerraCycle, yes. So we're working on getting some TerraCycle boxes in our farmer's market um, and partnering with the composting folks. So we that's still work in progress, but I'm, I was really excited about that project. Can I ask what the potential dangers are if people were to just throw these electronics in the trash and not specially recycle them? Well, you think about batteries. I mean, things that can leak from the batteries, also in televisions. I mean, they're just going to go to a landfill and just, I mean, all that stuff can poison the soil and it can, you know, like if you live near some of these places, it can get into the soil and possibly in the water. Um, you know, like I'm not a scientist, but this is from what I've read. Um, there's a danger of these things. I mean, also like things could catch on fire. I mean, there's kind of a wide range of when also, things are mixed together like that. Yeah, go ahead. Carlos, to help you a little bit, I just real world life example yesterday i took my puppy dog edmund to the vet um for the first time he's seven months old and i was talking with the vet and they said that he should have this vaccination or this shot or something i don't know some word that's for for this thing in the water and she said puppy dogs dogs animals in general often drink just like groundwater and that's gonna be really really scary because a lot of the time there's pollutants in the water like chemical pollutants like from batteries and things um, that if doggies drink it, it can cause a neurological condition that will basically put them into a lifelong coma. And that's kind of a scary thing, right? Like, I don't know if that's exactly from batteries, but I feel like batteries probably don't help help the whole thing, um, which is like, yeah, this is important. This is a thing that you should do just so that your doggy doesn't die from drinking water on the ground. Um, but yeah, pollutants, they're scary. <laughs> yeah, and also just to add to that, like, so many people don't really think about where recycling goes, where their trash goes. And I think if people had a general idea of where these things are going and how it's affecting the environment, I think they would change their ways. I mean, honestly, like sometimes maybe we need to show these videos, like just like as a public service, like, hey, this is what happens. Like, this is how it affects you, how it can affect your family. Um, and I think people might change their habits of, you know, 
and maybe use less things too, you know? And I think that's kind of something that we are striving for with, you know, sustainability uh, through Surfrider. So, yeah. And a good segue from that to a program that I'm particularly proud of. It didn't really get too much steam because COVID happened, but the GW club started an education outreach program, which was headlined or had started by one of our board members. And what it was basically was we create a bunch of curriculum and different activities and reach out to different schools in the area. We were only able to go to one, the school without walls. I think it was the primary grade school, but just going into classrooms and talking to kids about what climate is, what it means, what it should mean, you know, like what they think it is and kind of comparing that to what science says it is and what Surfrider has interpreted it to mean. Um, and just having a real conversation with them. And the one time we actually got to go into a school and do that the two people who volunteered to go from our club said that the kids ended up teaching them more than they were able to teach the kids you know and I'm sure that won't be the case in every school but like Carlo says it starts with education and I feel like a really big part of that is starting in schools and I'm proud that Surfrider or RGW club has been able to do that and get out there and kind of get a head start on that curriculum because I'm sure that stuff is taught in schools but how much can you really focus on that when there are a million and other one other things to teach a kid um so yeah that's another program I'm very very proud of is our education outreach program that's amazing could you give an example of a lesson plan that you might provide for one of these schools that reach out to you yeah absolutely so one that we had it was basically just a powerpoint and then they Children love cahoots. I am 20 and I love a good cahoot. Um, and so they kind of created a cahoot that was basically, I also am a really big fan of the documentary Chasing Coral. So it was kind of based on the documentary Chasing Coral, just asking basic questions about the ocean. And what do you think it is? You know, like, what the heck is carbon? What is oxygen? What is all of this stuff that we always talk about? And these are all really big buzzwords, but like, why, why is there such a buzz around them? Um, and so kind of, putting that into basic simple language and presenting that in a Kahoot and then also giving them kind of like little things, just little sustainable treats to kind of take home and start a conversation with mom and dad, like straws or reusable metal straws and reusable bags. We also created like another one. We took old Surfrider shirts, one of our lesson plans that would have been taking old Surfrider shirts, taking them into schools and tying them into reusable tote bags that was one we did with our club, but that one was an example of things that kids can do at home where you're not going out and buying something, you're using stuff you have around the house to just turn it into something that's an everyday item. Um, so yeah, I don't, I wish I had more of an answer for you. I wish the program had been able to take off more, but COVID has really <laughs> stomped that down. <laughs> yeah, no, I, Callie, I, I'm, I'm hearing that. There's so many things that we had planned we're like, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And it was just like, it was so exciting. Like one of the things that we had looked into is um, what Callie was saying about making your own bag out of stuff that you own. Um, I don't remember the name of the program, but there is a, a program where you, you like create your own bags and then you talk to like local grocery stores um, and ask them if you can just leave some there. So if people instead of buying more bags, because in DC you get charged a five cent um, grocery bag charge. So instead of buying them, they could just reuse these bags, you know, and then they would just bring them back. Um, Cause a lot of, you know, a lot of times, even I, I'm guilty of it. Like I'll just be out on a walk or something. And then I'm like, oh, 
I need to grab a few things and then you end up, you know, buying a bag. So the less you buy, it's so much better for the environment. And, you know, that was just one project. And then we were also going to working on having like a, a fix it like day once a month at the library where you go in, you know, bring some tools and maybe bring stuff that you want to fix. And then people with, <laughs> sorry, with their skill set can help you repair something like maybe change like, you know, a crack screen on an iPhone or like, you know, some maybe like sew on a button, just things that like are simple. So you don't have to throw stuff away. Um, you know, you can keep reusing it. And I think that's the key. It's like, we just can't keep making more stuff. I mean, you know, this also goes into like fast fashion where it's, you know, just so dangerous, you know, and so many, it's on so many levels. Um, I don't want to interrupt you, Carlos, but also yeah. going off that too, like teaching people why that matters is really important too. Just telling them it's something they should be doing doesn't solve the problem. I have learned that many a time through difficult conversation with family and friend is like telling people they should do something doesn't fix things. Telling them why giving them a reason, explaining your, your morals and ethics to them, it gets that conversation started and then they can compare your morals to their morals and why they care about something to yours. And then maybe you can find a middle ground, say, hey, this is why you should care about this. And again, the education program. I was really excited to be able to do that. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, that's, that's so important. Just, yeah, getting people thinking about why, why are we doing this? Why do, why do we need to do this? It's like so urgent um that people start to think about these things and you know like podcasts like this like chats that you guys have are the tiny green chats is great you know it's just like if people can get one thing from this you know it's just like it's so important you know and maybe they can talk to their parents you know or their family members or friends and maybe change the way that they think about the environment i think it'd be really helpful Thank you. And yeah, that kind of leads into like my one of my last questions, actually, for today. What's like one key takeaway that you want our listeners to leave with or a message that you want to resonate with them? Callie, do you want to take it first? Um, Sure. Yeah. Somebody asked me the other day, what do I hope for for the future? And like, it kind of broke my heart to hear that question. <laughs> like, I don't really know. The future seems like such an intangible thing always and especially now. Um. And so I had to really, really think about it as most people should do with most things. But one thing that I want people to take away from this, to take away from Surf Rider is that there's this one saying, tomorrow never comes, it's always today, right? And I think that everybody should, should think about that with everything that they do, right? Tomorrow isn't promised, the future isn't promised, but there is always today. And Surf Rider has taught me that, Surf Rider has taught me that with the people around you, with the things around you, you can try to do more and be better for yourself right now, um, for the world right now. And things aren't always tangible. Future isn't always tangible. The results of all the actions, you're like surf rider stuff, cleanups, even though you pick up trash one day, it's just gonna <laughs> build right back up the next day. Um, but caring and, and trying to care and trying to be better, that matters. That's something that you can do right now to ease your climate anxiety, to kind of make yourself feel better about the world and also just show other people that you care, that there are people in the world who care and there's a reason to care um, for yourself, for one another, for the world. So Surf Riders taught me that. Working with Carlos has taught me that. The DC chapter has taught me that. And thank you for giving me an opportunity to explore that in these chats today too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 
Callie, I mean, that's spot on, like care. Just honestly, just care about something more than just yourself. I mean, that's huge, you know, like you can apply it to everyday life, you know, like um, so many things that people, sometimes, you know, people can be selfish and not care or, you know, especially like, or think that things that maybe are, it's going to be a huge deal when it could take like a few seconds to do like, you know, from anywhere from recycling correctly to like bringing a bag with you all the time, or maybe trying vegetarianism, you know, there, there's so many ways that you can affect um, your environment, your community in a positive way, but you do have to care. You have to like, think about these things and maybe it adds like a few minutes, you know, to your work day or, or to your life, you know, that maybe you, but I think in the end, it is going to be better for you and for the environment and for everyone else. So, and maybe through, you know, this pandemic, there, there've been so many mutual aid groups that have popped up and more people are, are actually like getting involved and caring about their neighbors. And I think that's super important. And maybe, you know, we'll come out of this with maybe more people thinking about these things on an everyday basis rather than just during this time. And I think that would be really important. Beautifully said. I couldn't have said it any better myself. So wrapping up a little bit, if you can just tell our listeners where they might be able to find you if they want to reach out with more questions or information or if they just want to get involved with surf riders. Sure. Um, Kate, thank you so much for having us. And please, is it Jasmine? Was Jasmine, was yes. Yeah, please let her know that uh, we missed her and, um, you know, hopefully maybe we'll have another opportunity to chat. So Surfrider DC at Instagram, um, we're also on Facebook and then, you know, any general information, if you just t- Google Surfrider or Surfrider DC, um, you can find a local chapter close to you. And if you can't let us know, uh, shoot us a DM or a message and we'll help you out. Surfrider's national website too. You can just type in your info and there's a list of all the chapters, all of the youth network clubs. Also, you're welcome to reach out to it like Carlos said, any of us, and we'd be so happy, more than happy to connect you with the local chapter or club. Great. And I'll definitely put all of their socials and any information that they send me on our linked tree and our website. So stay tuned for that. But I think that's all we have time for today. Thank you again, Carlos and Callie, so much for coming and talking with me. It was an absolute pleasure and I hope we can do it again sometime. Thanks, Kate. Have a nice one. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to today's episode. I absolutely enjoyed talking with Callie and Carlos today. And as they said, if you are looking for more information or want to get more involved with Surf Riders Foundation, just reach out to them on their socials and they'd be more than happy to point you in the right direction. In terms of Tiny Green Chats, we release a new episode every Thursday for Tiny Chat Thursdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So follow us, subscribe, and turn on the notification bell to stay updated with the latest news and information regarding the environment. We are at Tiny Green Chat, no S on Instagram, and at Tiny Green Chats everywhere else. Please feel free to email tinygreenchats at gmail.com with any questions or inquiries. Thank you again and see you next time.